0: Episode 19 of Soccer Situations. I'm Todd. Yes. Uh, this week Alex and I went slumming in the championship and we stumbled across some instant classics. We're gonna talk anti-Brighton conspiracy theories this week. Yes. And before all of that, we have to react to the game we just watched, which was Liverpool 2 Arsenal 2.
1: I guess we have to talk about that first. Too fresh in the minds. Yeah, I was
0: gonna say it's kind of a unique atmosphere that we're recording the podcast in. A little bit, a little bit of tension today.
1: Yeah, wow, right. It's you know, a different. It's a different feel.
0: Yeah, you know, over the past decades, literally, there's been very few instances of truly high stakes games between our teams. It's true, we've kind of been relevant in competitions at different times. Yeah, and. Yeah, we, we've always been able to maintain a pretty easy diplomacy because of that. <laughs> it's true. It's <laughs> Even true. if, you know, I mean, you know as well as anybody, I get uh, hot-tempered during a game, and I can scream at goals. But usually as soon as it's over, I, I, I blow it off.
1: But you have reason yeah.
0: to really stew a little bit today.
1: Yeah, yeah. Today's the first time in a while that this has really meant something for us. So yeah, Like you said, it always feels... You're always going to have the anger and the tension and the, like when, during the game. Of course. But, yeah, it usually dissipates a lot easier than it does today.
0: Right. For instance, a, an example from this game today, I was so mad about that first goal because I thought Robertson had bundled it in. And I yeah. was just yelling, trash! That was trash! Trash! trash. <laughs> and, and then, of course, the replay showed it was actually a very fine finish by Martelli. Yeah, he actually got the touch <laughs> just before he kicked it away. And just like that, poof, my anger was gone. I'm yep. such, such a healthy, balanced person.
1: Yeah. Yeah, overflowing emotions over a football match will happen.
0: Yeah, um, we literally did just finish this game, so we didn't have a chance to lay out much of an agenda. To reduce the game completely
1: to basics, you could say it was a game of two halves. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Yeah, Arsenal controlling the first half looks, for the first time, I think, ever, I feel like it felt comfortable at Anfield briefly. Um, But then... I mean, you knew Liverpool was always going to be trouble. Uh, like they always could could score at any moment. And I think, I think that granite jacket incident winding up the crowd, and getting yeah. everything going, because um, Liverpool had had chances. It's not like you didn't have chances to score. Already. Right.
0: Yeah. Um, I was being a little cocky about it, but joking earlier that when they showed the halftime stats, we actually did have more shots on goal than
1: Arsenal did. It definitely didn't feel that way though in the first half. Yeah. No. Like you had clear cut chances. You probably yeah. had the better clear-cut chances a couple of times, really good clear-cut chances, but I think that Jaka incident putting put the momentum in the crowd and getting the crowd on your side again, yeah. and suddenly things started to turn, and then that goal is just, yeah, you could see the momentum switch pretty heavily when you scored that. Yeah, it was,
0: yeah, the Jaka incident was unnecessary. It was um, just weird, considering but, how he's been all year. But Arsenal were kind of frustrating me anyway in that hat they were they were time wasting from early on which I was also furious about um which it wasn't egregious but more to the point it, it was a departure from the arsenal we've seen all year yeah it was kind of obvious even while you were winning that you weren't necessarily playing with the same mentality you have all season um you know we kind of joked about whether or not Anfield did end up getting into Mikel's head because it had shades of like um Netherlands in in South Africa into 2010. Yeah, it's like you know that team is so much better, and they're playing kind of an uglier game intentionally than they should be. I mean, that's I'm that's over over the top, but yeah, um, but it wasn't yeah
1: easily gonna win it. Um, I mean, nothing, nothing's had, easy this year. Alex. We had one. Cha- I mean, I think there was one extra like really good chance. Tierney had a couple shot or had a shot, and then Martinelli. It looked like a basically like, so three on one or three on two. Yeah, that break could have. And Marinelli just overhit the pass. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, it seemed like it was just one way traffic and a lot of nervy defending from Arsenal.
0: Yeah, we were pretty dominant in that second half. We had, you know, you didn't respond when I said, I think we could have scored five goals that game. You didn't think that was funny? <laughs> 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 but really, we scored two. We missed a penalty. Yes, Ramsdale yes, made that world class yes. save <laughs> from two Salah. The and then the one from Canate. Yeah, yeah so really, quite easily, Liverpool could have yeah. had five on the board in a game which. I think a lot of people are probably saying right now we were lucky to get a point out of. You know, that's a weird narrative in this game.
1: Yeah, it is. It's a weird, there is a lot of weird narratives
0: around this game. Yeah, not even considering the fact that a linesman apparently elbowed Andy Robertson in the face. Yeah, at halftime, which is also a most insane thing. I took a quick peek at BBC, and Roy Keane is saying that Andy Robertson's going to be in trouble there. He was (laughs) seeming to think that Andy Robertson attacked the ref first. So, I don't know if that's just Roy
1: being insane or if we missed something, but... Yeah, from the replays we were shown, it was only him talking to the ref and then getting the elbow in the jaw. Yeah, he definitely was doing some chirping. Go figure. Yeah, I mean, that happens all the time, though. Right. You can't use that as an excuse.
0: Yeah. Um, what other incidents drew your eye in that game?
1: Um, Man, yeah, it's, like, it's funny going coming off of it, like, such high-tense drama. I'm like, what else happened in that game? Yeah, I honestly hate reacting to a game right after because I get so wound up that I, you forget half of the things <laughs> yeah, that happened. It's hard to do. Um, but yeah, I think I uh, I mean I think Arsenal are lucky and happy, very happy to get out of there with the point. I think the context of it is obviously different, but it uh, makes it feel a little different. But I think that's a, that's a good point. The one thing I'll say is Ramsdale's post-match... Made me feel a little better about the whole thing because he seemed like he was smiling a little bit and like, uh, you would worry that this would be like a doom and gloom, kind of. This could be the end of the title chase because they let it get in their heads. Um, yeah, I didn't see anything that dramatic. Yeah, no, it seemed like it seemed like they were, you know, in good spirits mostly. Obviously, it's painful to throw it away like that, but right. Um, yeah, we always knew it was going to be hard. Um, And Liverpool, obviously, once Thiago came out, I feel like that completely changed it in the midfield as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. much
1: more solidity and like I mean, I've been waiting for that return for what feels like months.
0: Yeah. Uh, I actually don't even remember how long he's been out, but um, it has felt like a long time, and you see why. You know, I was maybe being a little harsh on Curtis Jones every time he lost possession. Yeah. But facts is, that kid's not Thiago. No. And I think his problem
1: today is that he was trying to be. Yeah, he was. He was trying to do too much. He seemed, like, really excited for the occasion, like, mm-hmm. a little too much. Yeah. Uh, trying He's, to take players on when he
0: probably shouldn't have. Exactly. He was, he dribbled himself into a lot of trouble today. Not a bad player by any means, and I, yeah, I do feel bad. I was yelling at him a little bit too much, probably, but he
1: was, yeah,
0: he was just too careless in possession, trying to do too much.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was interesting. Like, obviously that change is very—it's like a—it's a pretty obvious change, but a super smart change and one that Klopp I'm sure is so thrilled to have at the option to finally do. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I feel like Mikel. This didn't. That's where I feel like the Anfield got to him is his substitutions were confusing. Right. Um. I, obviously, like throwing a center back on is like a very basic roll. Uh, like roll of the dice for a team holding on to a lead, but right. I feel like that's so. Based on what we've seen from him this year with decision making, that's so like short sighted and not like there's no vision behind that. You're just like throwing a defender on and holding on for dear life. It's like Yeah, really, really get really a re- foothold back in this game. It was reactionary, definitely. Um I um, think Vieira could have come on. I think we, you know, we needed to get a foothold in midfield again and it just wasn't happening. Right. I wonder if it confused Mikel he
0: had to react to a pretty unique Liverpool eleven that he probably hadn't planned for because we were chasing the game. We had four strikers on, I think, when yeah, he made yeah. those changes. Yeah. So, you know, assuming that he has set plans and plays responding to probably predictable Liverpool formations and lineups, he might have had to improv on the fly there. Yeah. You know, he's like, God, they have four strikers on What am I going to do? Like, they're blitzing us right, right, right now. now. Yeah. So, it's understandable, you know, considering... He's such a young manager. Yes. Yeah. In his first title chase, the stadium, everything, all of yeah. the circumstances combined, and he had to think on the fly. I don't think he got it right, but no, I don't think no. it's time for panic stations for Arsenal either. No, I don't
1: think so at all. Um, like I said, that's one, obviously, like it hurts because you were 2 0 n- up mostly. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't think, yeah, like you said, he got it wrong. Yeah. Um, I don't think it says anything about him as a manager as a whole that he got it wrong on the day, and I think right. he'll just learn from it and move on. Wouldn't you feel better about this title
0: anyway if you just play City at the end, late in the season, and, and whoop their asses to secure
1: it? I mean, honestly, yeah. I if it if we had to lose this game at Anfield even and it, to win at the Etihad to win the title would be so much more satisfying than winning in any other way, really, for sure. I mean, just it coming down to the
0: last day, obviously, you want it secured as a fan, so yeah. you can relax a little bit, but is there anything, I mean, you, winning it on the last day is the most exciting way no, to do it. No, yeah,
1: I, and as, like a, as a fan, too, it is like, it's the best way for everybody, for it right. to go down, is to the last day. Totally. Um, we'll see, we'll see what happens if, like, you know, City, City could also still slip up, um, and then they have to play each other, obviously, so that's going to be so fun. I hate that it's on a Wednesday. It makes me so mad. Yeah, that's really super light. I feel like they should just adjust the schedules to put that game on a Saturday.
0: They honestly should. The thing is the Premier League makes schedule adjustments for T V concessions all the time anyway. Why not move that baby to Primetime?
1: Yeah, it's I mean that's the biggest game of the season by far. So why not push that right into the heart of Primetime? Yeah. Move that schedule around. Yeah,
0: I assure you. I mean, I'm I'm certain there's probably Premier League executives that are just as furious about it as you
1: are. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I feel like they just they it's a thing that they can't ch- set precedent on by changing it now. Yeah. But like uh yeah, you could see them really desperately wanting to move it, right?
0: Well, I don't think either of us are very happy with this result. No, that, that's the a draw. They do is the result was not satisfying. A draw didn't do place. anything for either of us. Um, no. But I think there's one team that has more cause to be upset than us this, this week, and that team is Brighton. Brighton and Hove Albion, who went away to Tottenham this week. And who would have benefited from this result, hugely. Who would have benefited massively from this result, and we just absolutely robbed by one of the most scandalous refereeing um, displays we've seen in a long, long time.
1: Yeah, um, straight up, look like it looked as if somebody had just blatantly paid these referees off to make these decisions.
0: We saw two Brighton goals. One of them, an absolute beauty, chalked off in sketchy circumstances. Both for handballs. One in which the arm was clearly tucked against the torso of the player. Yep. The other in which the ball clearly struck the player above above the sleeve line, which is the rule. And that's a technical way of saying it, clear as day, hit him on the shoulder, not on the arm. Yes, not on the arm. It's not a handball. Beautiful lofted through ball off the shoulder of Matoma, slotted home, and called back for no good reason. Um, Both of those weren't even the most controversial calls of the game. Nope. Matoma later had his foot stepped on in the box, clear as day, and was denied a penalty for that.
1: Even the announcers were like, that's 100% a penalty.
0: Right. Um... And since then, the Referees Association, which has had a lot of uh, public appearances this week to make, uh, they come out to offer a formal apology to Brighton, which
1: is their third time doing so this season. Uh, Yeah, which is just like, we talked about, we joked about the conspiracy theory. Like, is there a conspiracy theory to try and keep Brighton out of? Right.
0: After that game, you know, um, if you follow our stories on Instagram, I tweeted during the game that this is one of the most scandalous refereeing performances we'd ever seen. After the game, I took a little dive into Reddit and saw Brighton and Hove fans claiming conspiracy theories that have tracked through the whole season. Yeah. And and I kind of laughed at them. I was like, yeah, they're fired up after that one, rightfully so. And then to go to BBC and see that they've been offered three formal apologies by the Referees Association. Yeah. That, at a certain point, an apology is not enough. Yeah, They've lost at least five points to the Referees Association this year, yep. which would put them two points off the Champions League places, I think, with a game in hand. Yeah, it's
1: shocking and and seemingly almost blatant yeah. at this point. That Tottenham game, it was blatant. Yeah, that was absolutely some of the worst calls I've ever seen, in a, especially in an era where there's video replay.
0: Yeah, when <laughs> Matoma's foot got stepped on play just carried on and they said yeah VAR has checked that it was a quick check no penalty <laughs> it was like wait whoa, wait whoa, wait wait they what? checked what cuz
1: it was obvious
0: so howard red was brought on this year to try and clean up the implementation of video review yeah and it's only his his approach somehow. has been to minimize its intervention and
1: basically just hand it back to the refs to do exactly what they've always done i think we talked
0: just last episode about bert's in in capability of just using common sense. Yep. Right? You have video. You can look at it and decide whether or not it's worth using. You don't have to arbitrarily decide whether or not you want to intervene or, you know, not hurt
1: the referee's feelings. Yeah. Yeah. It's baffling that they have these systems in place. Systems that have been in place in other places already and still find a way to make it their own mess somehow. I know, right? It's like... It's almost like you can't fuck it up. You give it to them and you're like, okay, you can't mess this up now. You have video technology to show you your mistakes so you can fix them. And they still just choose to ignore it because they don't want to hurt each other's egos. Exactly. Um,
0: I Shut think up. the answer is pretty obviously that it needs to be run by a separate entity than the
1: Referees Association. Yep. Yeah, because they can't clearly can't be trusted to govern themselves. No, it's like cops watching cops, dude. Yeah, it's exactly the same. Yeah. You know?
0: Exactly the same problem. Brian Simpson's always complaining about cops conducting internal investigations themselves into their own misconduct. And that's the same kind of situation we have
1: here in the Premier League. Yeah, it's like, wait, why are we trusting them to do this? To keep after themselves? When they've shown us over and over again that they will not discipline themselves for anything?
0: Right. This episode of Soccer Situations is brought to you by Littlefoot Coffee. I mean, what can I say about Littlefoot Coffee? Um, They're not just friends of the pod, they're family of the pod, quite literally. Um, Alex started Littlefoot years ago after more than a decade of roasting experience, um, roasting coffee for some of the hottest, most fashionable, and uh, most importantly, tasty specialty coffee roasters in America. My favorite thing about it is that it's just really high-grade coffee without a drop of pretense. You're not going to find a bunch of weird, savory notes that the roaster is passing off as intentional. It's just really sweet, comforting flavors that everybody wants in their coffee. And now, for a limited time only, you can get 15% off at LittleFootCoffee.com. Promo code... Situations. Once again, you can get 15% off at LittleFootCoffee.com using the promo code Situations. What turned out to be such a frustrating weekend, it started off so good too. It did. On Friday, Alex and I were so desperate for football that we actually went slumming in the championship for a couple of games. And... Man, we saw a couple of good games. The first one we came across was Watford hosting Huddersfield. Huddersfield fighting for survival, Watford just kind of trotting mid-table. Yeah. Um, I think it's really funny going down to watch the championship because usually we only remember these teams as we last knew them in the Premier League.
1: Yeah, exactly. And they might
0: have been gone for a few years and taken on an entirely new identity. And we still kind of remember them as we did. And then we get surprised. like, oh, whoa. That isn't necessarily the case in this particular game. Um, Watford have been a yo-yo team as long as I've been watching the game. To see them sitting 11th in the championship sounds roundabout right. Yeah, it's
1: not surprising. They have
0: those seasons. Um,
1: And, uh, you know, it could be a couple seasons from now we see them tear the championship apart and come right back up. Right. Um, They always kind of, they seem to do that every once in a while. Right. Huddersfield. The
0: last time we saw them in the prem was the first time I had seen them. Um, they went down in 2019 with uh, David Wagner at the helm. They finished that season with a shocking 16 points.
1: Yeah, oof. <laughs> yeah,
0: one of, I mean, is that
1: historically the worst performance?
0: It could be. I don't remember what that Derby it's County team that had. Time. Didn't yeah, Derby, Derby County have 12? Bad. They might have had 12. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was some pretty bad teams there. But, but 16, 16 is. is Horrible. Yeah, by comparison, um, right now the worst team in the league has twenty three with eight games to play. Yeah, so yeah, that's tough. I'm already
1: beaten
0: sixteen is a tough look. Um, but yeah, it was an incredible game, uh, back and forth. Huddersfield scoring and or hitting what would be the winner in um, what was it in stoppage time or late in the eighties? I don't no, have the exact in the eighty second minute. But um, the highlight of the game really was once Watford went down, they sent their keeper down to try and score an equalizer. <laughs> and their keeper, already on a yellow, attempted this insane martial arts kick that almost took a player's head off. The player like limboed it, ducked under it, and uh, but nevertheless, the keeper was sent off for a second yellow. Hilarious.
1: <laughs> Absolutely hilarious.
0: Seeing a keeper sent off
1: um, at the other end, going up for a goal, is really, really funny. Yeah, oh, it was amazing. It, and it was such a keeper's, like, a, clearly like a player who's not comfortable or not used to being there. Right. Just trying everything and this karate kicking somebody. It was such an
0: insane flying leap of a kick.
1: Um, so funny.
0: And that that led to the game ending with Nasser Chowdhury um, donning the goalkeeper shirt. Didn't even bother to pick up the gloves because it was the final whistle it was, was going whistle was any minute. Go, yeah. Just really, really funny final scenes in that game. Him just wearing the shirt and just standing there with his the hands on his hips. Right, very funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was such a phenomenal, entertaining game.
1: Yeah, it was just all chaos, all action, good goals. Um, yeah, it was just like, wow, the cha- championship, is it always this fun? Right. Are we uh, just getting lucky, or is it always like this?
0: Yeah, after that, we moved on to Sunderland um, Hull. Again, two Premier League stalwarts that we haven't seen in a few years. Yeah, this seemed like a classic Premier League fixture. Right. And this fucking game went and ended 4-4. Yeah, I know. Insane game. Absolutely
1: insane game. Halftime 2-2 finishes 4-4. Insane, dude. Equalizer in the 99th minute, I think? Yeah, it looks like, yeah, 90 plus 8.
0: Absolutely insane stuff. We saw what we thought was the winner in the 81st, and we were stunned by that. And then, yeah, Hall City go back and get a get a late, 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 stoppage time penalty to equalize Yeah, so equalize it. And that was one
1: of the most entertaining games I've seen all year. Yeah, you couldn't tell which way it was going to go all the way to the end. Right? It was just like absolute chaos. Um, again, like this is what we're talking about with two teams where we were whole city not so much, but like Sunderland, we're so used to seeing a Sunderland team that's like a like a uh, you know, like sit in sit in deep defend, work hard kind of team, right? And they're th- involved in this insane four four match.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. That was not the center that we saw go down. Uh, but yeah, I feel like that
1: was the like the peak of our weekend of football was the championship games. So. It ended up being that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, it was the rest of the weekend was just downhill.
0: Yeah, it's a good time of the season to take a look down in the championship. If you don't ever do that, because you start to get a little sneak preview about who's going to be up in the Prem next year. Yeah. That's all like you're interested in. You know, kind of how they're going to play yeah. and how they're going to approach it. Burnley have been officially promoted, so we've got one locked in, um, and that's a great example of a team changing its identity. Burnley, we're always a mess of a defensive kind of. Um, Just lump it up the yeah. old school football lump it up to a big number nine and yeah. you know, play on the counterattack and Vincent company has got them playing so well now that Pep Guardiola said it's his destiny to manage manage Manchester City. Yeah. I mean, that's big words. Right. So Burnley's back up next year. It looks like Sheffield's going to be a lock as well. Yeah, Sheffield's right up at the top. They're um, nine points clear with a really well-padded goal differential and a game in hand over those below. So it's looking like Burnley-Sheffield, and then it'll be one of, man, about six or seven other teams.
1: <laughs> yeah, it gets
0: pretty tight after that. The chasing pack for the for the playoff promotional playoff spots are Luton, Middlesbrough, Millwall, Blackburn, Norwich, Preston, down to Coventry, maybe even down to maybe even down to Sunderland, maybe even down Sunderland, to
1: Sunderland. Lopper, on Sunderland
0: are six points out of that tussle.
1: Yeah, so with
0: about ten games to play. Yeah, that's uh it's going to be tight. Um. Of those teams, the only ones I have not seen in the Premier League: Luton Town, Millwall, Preston, have Coventry, Coventry, no, Coventry. I Coventry. We've seen yeah. Coventry either, so we might get a Premier League newbie. I hope so. I always generation. like when we get
1: a new team, right? It's always it's always fun to see what the new teams do.
0: You know, it's just going to be Middlesbrough.
1: Yeah, probably. <laughs> yep, or Black maybe Blackburn. I honestly wouldn't mind seeing Blackburn come back up. Totally.
0: We were looking at those classic Blackburn kits a few weeks ago. Yeah, that's maybe they'd bring kits. back some sick throwbacks if they got promoted. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't mind that. Right? That's a Premier League throwback for sure. Getting Blackburn back up, former Premier League and European champions Blackburn. Or did they just win the league when they were the richest club in the, in the league?
1: Yeah, that's true. For those who don't know, Blackburn were once the super club in this team in this league. Yeah, how, it's weird to think about that. Even when you see the old videos and you see them winning things and right? dominating, you're like. Burn Rovers. Kenny Dog Leash at the helm. Yeah. Weird. It's such a weird time. Man. Weird all
0: around. How things have changed. Okay. Do you think we've lost enough of our audience with that all that championship talk? Probably, yeah. What Let's else is on the, on the agenda for this week? We're so me and Alex are straight up flabbergasted still trying to react from this game. I, know, I can right? see right now that it's not healthy for us to record a podcast right
1: after a big game. Yeah, yeah. Well, we talked about Brighton, Tottenham stealing a game against Brighton. Yes. Um, <laughs> when that game ended,
0: I wanted to say, I literally said, that's the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. And I got up and walked away. <laughs> and I meant it in that moment. It was. It was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. I didn't mean the worst football game. I mean, that's the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Yep. <sighs> I'm a big um, fan of
1: Justice. We've seen very little of that this week. <laughs> okay, what, what do you got? Sorry. Um, no, I mean, we could talk about, like, United. United had two big results. Uh-huh. Um, they beat Brentford midweek, which is, uh, honestly, I thought was not going to go their way. I was expecting a different result there. Uh, ground out of 1-0 against Brentford. Right. Um, and a 2-0 against Everton.
0: Yeah. Uh big results. Weird for me to pull for United versus Everton, but you know, Everton's relegation is kind of the last glimpse of happiness I have coming into the tail end of this season. So I'm gonna hang on to it with every salty fucking bit of salt in my body. But um yeah, United surging or not surging I should say, but like hanging on, just
1: grinding out those results. They're getting results, yeah. And results. They did potentially lose Rashford for a long for the Potentially the end of the season. You're right, yeah. Huge huge loss. Yeah, I can't believe I almost didn't mention that. They paid a really high price for that, for those points. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, two big results for them. Um, Things are looking good for them right now, but we've seen how reliant they are on a few players at the moment. So, we'll see if they can hang on. Tottenham are three points back.
0: Yes, and Newcastle being the other one in the mix there, we've discussed pretty thoroughly this week, they have been surging and looking fantastic. Yeah, Newcastle's blip seems to be over. We uh, Yeah, a month ago we were looking at them to be the ones to fall out of the top four. It
1: does not look that way anymore. Nope, they've been absolutely on fire. So they had a Wednesday-Saturday too, and they beat West Ham 5-1 on Wednesday. And then uh, Brentford, Brentford, right again? Yeah, Brentford. Poor Brentford. Tough again. week for Brentford. Yeah, two one goal losses. Yep, and they beat Brentford two one. Um, so huge again, two huge results to keep them firmly in the mix up there. I should be happy considering
0: Brentford are only one point behind us in the table. <laughs> That's true, right? <laughs> I just can't though. I love them bees. Yeah, they're good. They're fun to watch. I it's funny actually how I've realized how defensive I've gotten of them oh, and Brentford. Brighton. The, yeah. the Brighton unjust, injustice this week, God, that riled me up. I don't think I've gotten that mad outside of an unjust Liverpool result in a long, long time.
1: Yeah, that was, a, that was an infuriating one. The Brighton team is just, they're so
0: hard not to love. This club just deserves it, man. Yeah. This club is doing everything right. And to see infrastructure let them down, you yeah. know, and to see... Society let them down. <laughs> yeah, right. is yeah. it's a really frustrating way to see them stumble when they could be very much in the fight for that Champions League spot.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you flip those those points the other way, you look at look at where they're at. They're at forty nine points suddenly. Tottenham are on fifty still. Yeah, they're only a point off Tottenham. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, it's still a long shot for them to get there. But if you like, I said, you give them those five points that they were stolen. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, they're on fifty one five points off united right eight games to go you never know what could happen
0: yeah that's true Maybe we'll have to dig in with a Brighton fan and get other incidents. I'm sure they can come up with a half a dozen sure other incidents at least. List. We can yeah. really expand on this conspiracy. Yeah. If we know any Brighton fans out there, Jules Breach if you're listening. Yeah, hit us up. <laughs> Let us know. We'll love to talk Brighton. It's too bad that Jules works for Sky Sports because she's going to have to be diplomatic about this thing. You know she's probably it's steaming she's about it.
1: She's furious right now. Right? Um, another fun result, too, is uh, old Frankie Lampard. Yeah. Getting beat by a... a a worldly hit and a one-nil loss to Wolverhampton Wanderers.
0: Yeah. That's a tough return for
1: Frank. Yep. Yeah. You would hope, you know, you hope for the, I'm sure as Chelsea fans, you hope for the glorious return of Frank and that team to all of a sudden click.
0: <laughs> nope. Did not happen. Didn't work out that way. Um, nice of them to give Wolves some points. Wolves also being in the relegation zone there. Yeah. Um, I it's like funny how, to stay up. how quickly that Lampard situation has developed, you know? Um, the midweek Chelsea game, we saw him at uh, Stamford Bridge at Chelsea Liverpool. Yeah. And people were making jokes about him coming back to manage Chelsea. Yep. And now, just a few days later, he was in the dugout. He was out there. <laughs> we, I mean, yeah, we were all shocked by that, that decision. Yeah. I know we already talked about it on the mini episode, so we don't have to dwell too much, but that was a, a quick and surprising little subplot at the end right? of the season.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Very funny one for neutrals. Right?
1: Very funny one um we'll, yeah we'll see how it goes i don't think it so far not off to a good start villa keep cruising too villa are under emery flying up the table how like Unai emery is it for his team to be just quietly doing well and nobody really talking about it yeah yeah they had uh a midweek weekend and they got another six points for them which were that they now they're they're creeping Sixth. up Sixth place, 47 points.
0: They're sitting in that Europa spot. Yeah. Teams behind them do have a couple games in hand, but... I but
1: how things started for Villa this season? Unai took them over in relegation. Yeah. Like, deep in relegation. Yeah. And they are... They absolutely have to be one of the form teams in the entire league right now. Right? Why does that man get no respect? He's so good. I know, it's insane. It's insane. And he's such, like, a likable, like, quiet guy. He oh, doesn't do God. anything to, like, piss people off ever. No. It's oh. unbelievable the hatred he gets. Of the managers you'd want to vibe
0: and smoke a joint with in the league, he's probably, like, near the top.
1: Yeah, he's, he seems <clears> like, <throat> like such a chill guy. Um, yeah. And he's clearly, like, a tactical genius. Like, yeah. He's super smart. Right. He always knows how to set up a team to win games. Um, yeah, it's good. I, I particularly, like, don't love Villa as a club, but I'm really happy for emery same i don't have any real feelings about villa yeah same i've always felt weirdly
0: neutral about villa too not a fan of the claret and blue yeah i think that's just probably what it is as As we've said yeah don't like the color scheme don't really care that tom hanks is a big fan yeah but good for
1: villa i'm happy for emery to see them i mean they are let's see win draw win 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 so they've they've been flying what if they snuck in there got into the champions league (laughs) <laughs> does Arsenal play them before the end of the season oh, god I hope not I actually didn't even think about that what them. if Umai, Unai stops the speaking fun. of disrespecting them you know like I was like not even considering I wouldn't even consider them as one of our, yeah. our yeah. like the fears you don't don't but worry that's good thank god no I think uh, it's funny um, we do have Chelsea in there which I probably shouldn't laugh at Chelsea because they still have a chance to ruin our season no you can laugh at Chelsea again um, Chelsea's but terrible. it seems like we're going to be able to keep laughing at them yeah I mean, and And it doesn't, I don't think they hired the right man to sort it (laughs) out.
0: I was going to say, Alex, we always have the silver lining. If if Super Frank starts doing great and they surge up the table, then we could have that Ole situation on our hands
1: and we still win. That is true. That is true. That'd be a win-win for everybody. I think we also got to give a shout out to old Roy Hodgson. Oh, good call. Good call. Old Roy, poor Poor Leeds got a thrashing from Roy Hodgson.
0: Hodgson had the glasses out doing his best Wenger impression. Yeah, he's wearing a red tie with the glasses on.
1: Yeah. And Although, his team looked like a Wenger team. It did. It <laughs> did. They ripped... I mean, the first half was a pretty even match. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know what he did in a halftime team talk, but they ripped leads to pieces in the second half. It's true. Um, obviously, I think uh, a lot of people are still super sad to see Patrick out of the job there. Right. Um... And obviously now you can see some of the talent on that team. There's They're clearly good enough to stay up and be a fun, like a competitive team in the league. Right. This storyline in this situation, though, we have to remember, favors
0: Hodgson so dramatically. Oh, of course. We need to look back at that um, list of fixtures prior to Patrick's uh, sacking. Yep, And the li- list of fixtures that Hodgson had ahead of him when he took over. It's night and day. Literally all quality
1: winnable games under Vieira as well.
0: So everyone, especially, you know, Brits love to really kind of celebrate their dinosaurs and really um, (laughs) applaud the great dignitaries of their games. And, you know, I don't want to be disrespectful because they did play great today and it was fun to see Hodgson enjoying it.
1: Yeah. But you can pretty easily imagine Patrick Vieira having the same run of results. Yeah, easily. Yeah, because I think the way the team was set up was not very different than what Patrick was doing. Yeah, I think it was just unlucky. and all about timing. Yeah, agree. We'll see. It looks like Palace are staying up, though. Um,
0: Strangely, six points out of relegation this season seems like it's going to be enough.
1: Yeah. yeah. So it's
0: tight down there still. Going to be tight <clears> all the way. That's why we can't say for sure if anybody's staying or going. But Right. Um, Only six points clear, but they have six teams between them in relegation still. You know? That's crazy, yeah. Yeah, I still would not place a bet on anyone going down except, I mean... I don't even want to say Southampton because South, Southampton on their day have put in some amazing performances. <laughs> yeah. And you yeah. only need two wins to move out of it, you yep. know?
1: Yeah, two wins makes it look completely different all of a sudden.
0: So it's really impossible to call.
1: Yeah. And Leicester, I mean, Leicester, we know the talent. Like, Leicester has enough talent on the pitch. Mm-hmm. So them they could easily put together a couple of results and pull themselves out of there. Um, Yeah, it's going to be fun. I mean, yeah, the season just keeps... Keeps being entertaining.
0: Hmm. We haven't done any work on it yet, but we've talked about doing a little special segment on fire sale players from any of these teams going down because all of these relegation candidates have a lot of talent throughout the squad. It's true. So it's true. when we get a solid-looking final three, actually, before we do, we should we should do that segment and talk about it.
1: Yeah.
0: Maybe next week we'll, we'll bring that to you all. We'll talk about who do you want to snatch from any team from – between Wolves and Southampton, or Palace and Southampton. Yeah, there's a yeah, there's definitely a lot of players on that. That's a lot of teams: Wolves, West Ham, Bournemouth, Leeds, Everton, Forest, Leicester, Southampton. There's at least two players
1: I feel like in all of those teams that you're going to want to snatch. Yeah, yeah, you could definitely build a pretty solid team out of those teams going potentially going down. <laughs> um, yeah, it's cool. It's it's fun. Yeah, that'd be a fun little uh, little game be kind of hard to choose for some of them. All right. Now let's call it.
0: All right. Really, I want to call it because I need enough time to take a shower before work. Yeah, that's fine. Too. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for listening, y'all. That was uh, uh, an interesting episode.
1: A whirlwind episode a bit. But, yeah. uh, you know, re- first recording directly after a match and a extremely intense match, I guess. Yeah. Uh, kind of recording with some anger in our hearts. Yeah, just like a weird, weird energy. But, uh, do you, do, yeah, do you feel it? You guys feel the energy on that side. Is this does this feel like a different pod is this like the podcast is
0: over now? It's like it's serious yeah. This is yeah. like when Karen and Georgia were getting catty with each other in the early days of my favorite uh-huh. murder and I was I like, I don't think done. they're gonna make it. Yeah. I don't think these ladies are gonna make it. <laughs> <laughs> what
1: will happen? you have to stay tuned though. Right? But stay tuned to find what happens next. Cool. Yeah, so we will see you on Thursday
0: for another mini episode. Okay, so. Thanks, y'all, and have a good week. Great weekend. Soccer Soccer, 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 situation. situation.